I want you to go with me tonight in the book of Genesis. Now, don't scroll too far because you're going to miss me. We're going, we're going deep tonight in the Word. We're going to the book of Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. Um, I believe there's only one beginning. And uh, there's some interesting stuff that happened in creation. Brother Stephen Gill and I were talking about it the other day. But I believe there's only one beginning. And I believe, I believe that when God created what we see created in Scripture, I believe he did it all by himself. And I believe he did it in seven days. There's theories out there that try to help God be better. But he don't need any help. He's, he's just fine. There were some folks through the years that grabbed hold of doctrine that said, well, if a day is a thousand years with the Lord, that means it took a thousand days. It was 7,000 days for creation. I believe it was six days that he created. And I believe he rested on the seventh day. And I'm going to tell you why I believe that, because he's a God of order. And I don't believe that he would make plants and animals live in 500 years of darkness and then 500 years of light. I believe if the word says he did it on the first day, then he did it on the first day. And I think, I think we would do well if we would take the word of God at face value, that the word is what the word is, and it's going to stand on its own. We don't have to prop up the word of God. We don't have to lie about how many people got the Holy Ghost in a crusade. God don't need our help propping him up. He's good, and he's been better than good. He's mighty, and what God's going to do in the end time church is going to be so big we can't tell it all anyway. Amen. Genesis chapter 1, verse number 1, if you would please. I hope you all didn't go too far. If you're there, say Amen. If you're not, we're going to start doing sword drills. <laughs> In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and it was void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. How many of you are thankful when His Spirit moves? His Spirit moved on the face of the waters. And God said. Could we say those three words together right there? And. Can we try that one more time? And. And. God said. Let there be light. And there, there was light. You know why? Because when he says it, it happens. When God says it, it happens. And God saw the light. That it was good. Somebody say it was good. I feel, feel like telling you that on the second day that God created, He separated the waters from the heavens, 
He saw the dry land and it was so. And when God saw it, God said, it was good. It was something that God did when he would speak the word. It would come into reality. And then he would verbally and audibly affirm the newly created thing. Are you with me? This is something, it's a precedent that God is trying to establish. And he establishes it in the first page of the first book, the Bereshit, the, the Genesis. That he speaks it, it comes into reality, and then it is affirmed with praise that it is good. I feel tonight like God is going to help us get something in our spirit. There is, a, there is a principle in creation that I feel tonight that uh, we're going to get in our spirits. When God says it, it's going to happen. But we're going to affirm that word. And I want to preach to you tonight about the power of affirmation. The power of affirmation. Let us pray. God, we love you. We honor you. We praise you. For there is no name. There is no name more powerful than the name of Jesus. You are mighty, you are holy, and you are sovereign. You are rich in mercy tonight, and we need your everlasting word to speak to the hearts of men and women in this place. God, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in this room tonight as it is in heaven. In Jesus' mighty name, let the church say amen. Amen. Could we clap our hands unto the Lord? Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the name of Jesus Christ. For there is none other name under heaven given among men. Whereby we must be saved. Hallelujah. We must be saved. Now as God is, is creating. I'm going to repeat this principle to you over and over tonight. Until we get this in our spirit. I've heard it said that this is the creative paradigm. That God would speak it. It would come into reality. And then he would affirm verbally the newly created thing. In the Genesis story as it unfolds before our eyes. Again, it's so easy for us to just pick up this book. And start reading that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved, and we start reading through that. God said, let there be light, and there was light. You read that, and it's like, okay. God said, let there be light, and there was light. You know why? Because we're used to living with light. We don't understand what a world looks like that's void of light. We don't, we don't understand the barrenness. Of what God was dealing with. Now there's some interesting things here that we don't really have time to even throw on the table tonight to discuss and deal with. There were some things that pre-existed what we know as creation. We know that there was water. And we know that uh, we, we know that at some point in the beginning of this that God creates the heavens, the heaven and, and the earth. He creates heaven and earth. And the earth that he created was without form. And it was without void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. So we know the deep was there. There was deep water. There, were, there, there, was, there was deep things there. And the Spirit of God 
moved. Everybody say he moved. This is the part that we love. This is the part that we celebrate all the time. We celebrate the move. The move of the Spirit. We come together and we have good church and we say, whoa, what a move of God. Right? We had a move of God. Now, I don't want this to be misconstrued because we need a move of God. Don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not going to be a part of a church that don't have a move of God. We're going to have a move of God. If it kills every cell in my body, we're going to have a move of God. But when the Spirit of God moved on the face of the deep, nothing happened. The move of God preceded the Word of God. And when the Word of God spoke, something happened. I'm afraid sometimes we stop short of the creative, miracle-working power of God because we get goosebumps when he moves. Man, I'm going to get this to you, and I'm not even screaming. We can celebrate the move of God, but when the move of God comes on the face of the water and nothing happens, there's going to have to be some corrective alignment in the creative ability of God to speak. And when God speaks his word, this is so powerful. God said, let there be light. God did not say how fast the light was going to travel. He did not say how long it was going to take for the light to become visible. He did not get it into quantum physics and say, I'm going to do this so many light years from here and this, this far from here. And by the time you see the light from a star in the sky, that light started shining when Abraham uh, was born. You understand what I'm saying to you? But there is alignment in the creative power of God's voice. When God said, let there be light, everything that was supposed to be in order came in order. Everything that was to be set in motion came into motion. And you're still worried about your problem. Can I tell you that when God said, let there be light, there was light. And when God says it's over, it's over. When God says the trouble is done, the trouble is finished. I feel like telling you that the same voice that had creative power in creation order was the same voice that hung on Calvary's cross, threw his head back and said, it is finished and just that fast just as quickly as there was light the God of all glory spoke it is finished and in that moment the enemy lost all power over you sin lost its dominion over you I've come to tell you tonight when God speaks a word it is so Not without resistance. Because God said let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that it was good. And he divided it from the darkness. Now folks. You need to understand that when God created there was darkness. Are you with me? We're so worried about the darkness of this present age. I'm telling you that creation happened in darkness. 
Oh, what are we going to do, Pastor? The world's so dark. I'm telling you, if he started this thing in the darkness and made there be light, I believe he can finish this thing in the darkness. I've come to preach there shall be light in the evening time. There shall be light. If you believe it, shout yes. Now, I'm going to pastor you for just a minute tonight, so put your seatbelt on. God said, let there be light, and there was light. And as soon as he created the light, the Bible said his first move after creating light was separation of light and darkness. The first thing God did when he created is he said, I'm going to establish separation in the order of creation. The first thing that God did was bring light into darkness. And he said, the light will always be different than the darkness that surrounds it. I feel like you need to understand tonight, it is still the will of God for there to be separation in this world of light from darkness. Folks, I want to tell you tonight, our iPods should not be playing the same music that this old world plays. We should not be reading the same old stuff that this world reads. We shouldn't be watching what this world watches. We shouldn't be going where this world goes. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through and there'll still be separation from darkness. The church age that we live in right now, and it's so sad to me, is doing everything it can to allow there to be such a fine line between light and darkness that you can't tell the difference. Woo, boy, that got tight and quiet right there now. I got online the other day, and I was watching a, 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 a church service, and this person came out, they were going to preach. And they brought a table out, set wine bottle on the table. They said, "Woo! I saw the room light up when I brought the wine out. And they weren't talking about communion. They were, they, they were, oh boy. It's tight as an old banjo up in here right now. Folks, can, can I just tell you something? And I mean this as serious as I can say it. God didn't deliver you from alcohol for you to go back to social drinking. I believe when God delivers us, he delivers us from the source and the spirit of that thing. I don't believe it's ever been the will of God for his people to walk back into the same trap that God brought them out of. It's there to trap you. It's there to keep you down. I feel like telling you there's going to be light in the evening time and somebody's going to believe it and somebody's going to preach it and somebody's going to live it. I may have told you about this. I was talking to one of my pastor friends about it the other day. But I got to reading a Christian magazine. And it was the last time I read it, I think. I don't know if I've read it since then. I don't remember. But they were talking about this fella that came to their church. 
said he was trying to find his place, which is good. We, we got to do that. We got to learn to serve in the kingdom of God. And it's, all, it's all part of it. We got to find our niche and, and go get it. I don't believe it's the will of God to save us and us sit on a pew. Ain't that right, choir? I don't believe it's the will of God for us to just be content to come to church three times a week and say, I'm fulfilling my purpose for God. Somebody said, occupy till I come. That just means occupy a pew. So I'm, I'm, reading, I'm reading this article, and, and I'm like, man, we all need help with this. We've got to help people find their purpose. and Everybody needs something to do for God, right? Everybody here agrees with that. We, so they asked him, he said, well, what, what are you passionate about? He said, cigars and scotch. So they got to helping him pray about his purpose. And he was a wealthy businessman. So he started a local cigar club where they come to the cigar lounge, smoke a few stogies, drink a little scotch together and talk about Jesus. I'm being honest with God. It, it, it was in this magazine on helping people find their purpose in the kingdom of God. Let me, let me start with this problem right here. Number one, this is why we teach that repentance is not a prayer. <laughs> repentance is not saying I'm sorry. Repentance is this. If I'm drinking, drugging, smoking, shacking up, that's what I'm doing. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm coming over here where I'm dancing, shouting, singing, preaching, running the aisles, having revival. Can I preach to you tonight? We don't go where we used to go. We don't say what we used to say. We don't live how we used to live. If you've been redeemed, you've been separated from the darkness that's in this world. And it's never going to be God's intention for you to go back to what he brought you out of. We've become so copacetic. It's just like we're so sympathetic that everything's copacetic. We're so sympathetic. We just want to see people come to Jesus. Well, you know what? This ain't Pentecostal preaching right here. This is just Bible teaching. Jesus said, if any man comes after me. Come on, y'all could preach that for me right there. He said, if any man comes after me, you know what that means? You got to leave something behind if you're going to go after him. He said, if any man comes after me, let him deny himself. Let him take up his cross and let him follow me. I'm here to preach to you tonight. There's still going to be light in the evening time. Everybody's not going to quit believing that Jesus is still a miracle worker. Everybody's not going to quit believing that Jesus is still a deliverer. If he's ever delivered you tonight, you want to shout yes. He didn't deliver you from a bar stool for you to go back to a bar stool. He didn't. You're looking at a man who still believes he's able to deliver us. You're still looking at a man that believes God can do it right now. I know. 
I know we got conveniences today that we haven't always had. And I'm only going to preface this one time tonight, and then I'm, I'm not going to preface it anymore. There are some people that legitimately need help, and there's things that they need clinical help with, and you can tell. And I, I'm not saying that being facetious, but you can tell that people need clinical help. But I, I want to tell you that the church is in a, in, in a terrible posture when Jesus is about fourth, fifth, or sixth on the list of what we're going to do to make it better. I believe in education. I believe in people taking care of themselves. I believe in people getting, getting their minds educated. But I'm going to tell you that some of the things that our brains are getting macerated in have nothing to do with the demonstration power of Jesus' name. Ah, my, my, my. It's tough in here right now. I understand that some folks need to go to a 12-step program. But I still believe in the old-fashioned altar program that if you'll get up from where you are and walk down to this altar that God can deliver you from addiction and chains of bondage I still believe it tonight there is no addiction that's too great for your God there is no power that can hold you bound that if God gets a hold of you he cannot set you free if you believe that shout What I'm about to preach to you, I'm not going to leave the Bible, okay? I'm, I won't tell you what I've seen. I've seen people go through programs and fall back in the same thing the program helped them get out of. But your Bible says, fix me on this if I'm wrong, Bishop. You're my covering over here. He, that the son, my son in the book. Has set free is. I said he's shata lobo kashata. I said he is free indeed. Brother, let me tell you when you get set free at an old fashioned altar, the devil's got to let you go. The powers of darkness have got to let you go. You don't have to. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in here right now. Somebody's going to leave here free tonight. I watch people clap and scream and shout at ball games for people that's going to end up losing sometime. But I'm here to tell you, he wins every time. He's never lost a battle, and he's still as powerful as he's ever been. go a little deeper right now I'm not saying this to be mean or make fun but I'm tired of the devil telling people that maybe in three months from now you can be free that maybe in 15 more counseling sessions 
You can be free. I'm sorry, but I come from an old school that there's still power in the blood. I want you to know there's power in them old songs. Would you be free from your burden of sin? There is power in the blood. There is power in the blood. Would you or evil a victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood. I don't believe it takes the blood six months. I don't believe it takes the blood four years. I believe he can do it right now. Pastor, you don't know how bound I am. And you don't know how powerful his blood is. I still believe it. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. I've come to tell you that the blood of Jesus will run every devil out of your house. The blood of, the blood of Jesus will break chains off of you. I still believe it. Sin stains are lost neath that life-giving flow because there's wonderful So, Pastor, you're saying treatment has no power. No. But I'm saying he has all power. If I could get about a dozen people that believe what I'm preaching to you, the roof would blow off this place right now. I'm telling you, I still believe that the church of the living God ought to be a soul-saving station where people walk in here bound, but they walk out free. They walk in here addicted, but they walk out delivered. I still believe this ought to be a house that you walk into sick, but you walk out healed. Pastor, you're just, all, you're just trying to hype people up. All right. You convince yourself of that. But I'm going to tell you one touch of the master's hand. And you'll realize it's not emotionalism. But it feels so good to be free. You can't help but move around. You can't just stand there on your own two feet when you've been set free. you got to move a little bit. When the spirit of the Lord gets on you, you got to move a little bit.
Hallelujah. You ought to tell your neighbor tonight, scoot down, because there's another opportunity coming in here for God to work on somebody. I'll come to tell you right now that before we hit December 31st of this year, there's going to be some testimonies in this house. I used to be a drug addict, but God set me free. I once was lost in sin, but Jesus took me in. And then a little light from heaven filled my soul. You ought to move. Oh, yeah. The songwriter said he bathed my heart in love. Then he wrote my name above. Nobody still believes this part. Just a little talk with Jesus. You know, a generation wrote that song because they believed that. They wrote that before the district board had to vote on it. They wrote that before a conference had to have a say-so on it. They believed it, that just a little talk with Jesus will do more than a talk with a thousand men. That's why the psalmist said that a day in your courts is better than a thousand. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let us have a little talk with Jesus. Tell him all about our trouble. He will hear our faintest cry. My God, I hope y'all feel half what I feel right now. And he will answer by and by. When you feel a little prayer will turn in. Then you'll know a little fire is burning. Just a little talk with Jesus. I'm about to have a Holy Ghost conniption fit up in here right now. Oh, yeah. Woo! Somebody's about to get convinced in here right now. But pastor, I've been away from God, and I'm not as close as I should be. Well, I'll tell you what we believe in this church. If you'll give the Lord about six months, he'll help you get back on track. The devil is a liar. It may have taken you two or three years. To get your life as messed up as it is right now. When you walked away from God, 
but just a little talk with Jesus just a little talk with Jesus just a little talk with Jesus gonna make it right I said he'll make it all right I said he'll make it all right Well, I may have doubts and fears. My eyes be filled. I've been so depressed, Pastor. I just don't know what I can, I mean. I don't know if y'all like to do this or not, but when I'm reading the Bible, sometimes, if you know, if fitting's right, whatever, I like to open my Bible, read my Bible, and listen to the Bible at the same time. It's total immersion. You got that song, Brother Tyler? Just a little talk with Jesus. I'm about to double immerse you. Because I'm about to tell you about it. And I want you to see it for yourself. I want you to find somebody close to you right now. Just tell the devil ain't near as bad as he told you he was. I may have doubts and fears. Somebody pull them glasses off. And my eyes be filled with tears. Come on, I, I need a double immersion right here. But Jesus is a friend. You ain't hear me yet. Pastor, when it gets nighttime, I feel it come on me real heavy. It's in the darkness of my room. But Jesus is a friend who watches day and night. Will I go to him in prayer? And he knows my every care. And just a little talk with Jesus. Sometimes my past seems drear Without a ray of tears You don't believe what you're singing yet It's just been so long, Pastor I just, This is the longest path I've ever walked in my life Hang on one second Sometimes my path seems drear without a ray of cheer and just when I thought it was getting better a little cloud of doubt comes right over me I thought it was getting better then it got darker but I realized on Sunday night it's just a little cloud of doubt that was trying Behind the light of day. 
We're going to double immerse them right here. The mist of sin may rise and hide the starry sky, but just a little talk with Jesus, it clears the way. You shouldn't have this much fun on Sunday night when the devil's been trying to tell you it's over. When the devil's been telling you you're done, you shouldn't be dancing like this. When the devil told you it's a death sentence, you should have sat down and shut your mouth. But tonight somebody got get up in your spirit and you come on Sunday night just a little talk with Jesus. If you believe it, shout yes. He separated the light from the dark. And he still does. You know what the difference is in light and dark in your life? It's not that he didn't already bring victory. The difference in light and darkness in some of your lives tonight is a made-up mind. That he said I could be free, so I'm going to be free. I need about three minutes. Got about three minutes? So God said. And when God said it, it happened. And when it happened, he affirmed it. You follow me? Let's do this together. God said it. It happened. He affirmed it. You got me? In Genesis, God affirmed his own creative work. Because there was nobody else around. to do it but after God created man on the sixth day and he affirmed his work he never again affirmed or praised his own work again because God created me to affirm the Word of God. I wish, I wish I could preach to you the way I feel to tonight. I'm not talking about asking out of alignment. I'm talking about getting the vision of God, getting it in your spirit, getting in alignment with the will of God, and saying it until it happens. I, this morning, Brother Tony church was getting ready to start we came out of the prayer room and I went in to get my Bible out of my office and I thought oh hang on just a second I need to go see the kids downstairs 
So I moved the chair out of the way. And I pulled the curtain back. It's in front of the staircase. And I walked downstairs into the basement where these men have been working. And I said, God, I pray you'd bless every one of our daycare kids this morning. I started walking through that hallway. I said, God, I want you to bless every family that's going to come to this church through this minute. Lord, I thank you that we've already outgrown this daycare. I said, I thank you, Lord, for our next building. I said, I thank you, Lord, that you filled that one too. I thank you, Lord, for our drug rehab program that judges are sending people to. I'm confused, Pastor. Don't be confused. He said it. It happened. And he praised it. Are you with me? When we get to where he speaks something into our spirit, we're going to open up our mouth and we're going to say it. And God's going to do it. And then we're going to affirm it with our praise. But there's something you need to know about God tonight. He is enthroned or inhabits, dwells upon the praise of his people. So if you've been trying to get his attention by whining and it hadn't worked, it's because he doesn't enthrone whiners. He enthrones praisers. And instead of telling God how bad it is, we ought to tell that devil that's been lying to us how big our God is. So here's what I'm doing tonight. I came with a simple assignment. I've been walking, I've been driving, driving around my community the last few days. But it's been different. Because now, everywhere I go, I'm on assignment. I know y'all probably think I'm crazy. But I'm going to teach you the language of revival right here. You ready? Before you walk into that restaurant, when you're getting out of your car, say, Lord, I thank you for the soul that I'm about to meet. I've been, I've been thanking the Lord when I go in restaurants start talking to these servers I'm like Lord I thank you for one of our next Sunday school teachers pastor you saw what she looked like we don't need that in our in our children's lives Have some of you forgot what you looked like when he picked you up out of the miry clay? <laughs> How 
how are we going to do this? We're going to speak it till it happens. And when it happens, we're going to rejoice in it. But I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a little key right here. Because this is how the language of faith works. In creative order, he said it, and it happened, and then he praised it. But you and I have access to a neat thing. That we can say it and give him praise for it before it happens. So tonight we're going to try it in the house. Instead of begging God for our prodigals to come home. We're going to try it this way and say, Lord, I thank you. There's nowhere my baby can run that you can't find them. So I thank you for bringing my children back to the house of God. I'm going to say it till it happens. And I'm going to praise him while I'm waiting. And then when it happens, I'm going to affirm that word and say, devil, I told you God was going to do it. I told you God was going to do it. 